as Nikki Haley licks her wounds from her defeat, stunning defeat in South Carolina in her own home state, and prepares her way to become a Democratic candidate or perhaps a never-Trumper of the MSNBC network. I'd like to submit this as a possible entry to the Useful Idiot of the Month. I saw this while perusing my favorite web, second favorite website, Real Clear Politics, and her name is Heidi Prisbala. She shows absolute understanding of nothing while peacocking on MSNBC. Or was it CNN? Does it matter? Here she is. Hear words like Christian nationalism, like the new apostolic reformation. These are groups that you should get very, uh, very schooled on because they have a lot of power in Trump's circle. And the one thing that unites all of them, because there's many different groups orbiting Trump, but the thing that unites them as Christian nationalists, not Christians, by the way, because Christian nationalists is very different, mm-hmm. is that they believe that our rights as Americans, as all human beings, don't come from any earthly authority. They don't come from Congress. They don't come from the Supreme Court. They come from God. The problem with that is that they are determining man, men, mm-hmm. there it is, yeah. men, yeah. are determining what God is telling them. And in the past, that so-called natural law is, you know, it's a pillar of Catholicism, mm-hmm. Catholicism, for instance, it's been used for good in social justice campaigns. Right. Martin Luther King evoked it in talking about civil rights. But now you have an extremist element of conservative Christians who say that this applies specifically to issues including abortion, gay marriage, and it's going much further than that. Excuse the bumper music that came out bumping her out of the way but uh, from Fox, but really she has no understanding. She is representative of a class and a type. Journalists in America today uh, who don't understand anything about the Founding Fathers, they don't understand the place where we get our rights enlisted, listed and mentioned in the Declaration of Independence and in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. She just thinks they come from Jamie Raskin or somebody from the uh, senator from the from the state of Democratic state of Maryland. And so we have to ask Tom Bevan about this. Bevan of Real Clear Politics joins us. And where are you? As Politico's Heidi Brisbilla natters on about the foundation of our rights, you're on the Chicago Way with Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics, and with Jeff Carlin, executive producer of WGN Radio, and me, John Cass, of johncassnews.com where you always get a good cup of Midwestern common sense. So this is a guy who lives high on the hog and he has this Tammany Hall style attitude to power. And um, it is, it's the Chicago way. Absolutely. The, the, the Chicago way is a deep cultural phenomenon. It's the Chicago way. The Chicago way. That's the focus. In a tower by the river, there lived a man. There was a man who took a stand with pen and paper in his hand, defeating foes in every ward with a pen more mighty than the sword. 
no escape from his ink lasso in a tower by the river castle here's how you get him he pulls a knife you pull a gun he sends one of yours to the hospital you send one of his to the morgue that's the Chicago way here we are with Tom Bevan of Real Clear Politics Tom uh what is going on with the uh, Haley campaign, the Trump campaign? What do you see happening? Well, I mean, you know, there's a there's a debate that is happening. Um, I guess post South Carolina, glass half full, glass half empty, depending on which <laughs> which side you're on. Where you're viewing it. <laughs> Trump either showed tremendous strength or he showed weakness. Um, you know, I still don't think there's really any path for Nikki Haley to the nomination, but she vows she's going to stay in certainly through uh, super Tuesday, which is next week. Although, you know, there was a story out that the Koch brothers are, you know, pulling their money. They're not going to uh, give her any more support. So I think, you know, her, it definitely hurt to lose her home state. Um, And, but on the other hand, you know, in 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 her mind, she got, as she said during her speech, she got 40%. That's not nothing. That shows that there uh, are people out there who want their voices to be heard, want to vote for an alternative. And so she thinks that gives her, um, you know, a rationale to stay in the race. I mean, the problem is, you know, it was a winner-take-all state. She got zero delegates. Some of these other states are coming up on Super Tuesday. A lot of them are winner-take-all delegates. California in particular is one where if Trump gives above 51% of the vote, which he's primed to do, he would win all of California's delegates. So, um, you know, it's it's a situation where she's just kind of tilting at windmills and and, and people are asking, what's, what's the plan? What are you doing other than helping Joe Biden and the Democrats? Because as Gavin Newsom said on a TV show over the weekend, one of the Sunday shows, she's their best surrogate. I mean, she's the one they're making the yeah. best argument against Trump. And, and that's, that is not lost on Republicans who want to see uh, a unified party. I have this like theory in my mind, you know, I've got stupid theories all over the place, but the idea that like, there are Democrat, big money, dark money, people who are trying to keep her in for that very reason, that idea. And like, the, like she's like, Pat Buchanan 2.0 kind of idea. Not that he was necessarily you know, Democrat supportive, but the idea that she's just only there to be the spoiler. But I mean, Tom, you were talked posted something earlier this weekend, uh, maybe it was this morning, I, I, about how you know if there's another candidate in the race, while it doesn't help Trump at all and hurts him, it hurts Biden even more because it gives people you know something in an out, uh, a moral out on the old guy who keeps shuffling up to the wrong podium or whatever. Do you think? that that would hold in a general as it is stands now there there's no reason to think that they wouldn't um again caveats all over the place on that like you know is trump convicted of things and if so what and and how much does that matter blah 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 but i think in general and the other thing is like you know which states are are west and stein and kennedy going to be on the ballot Mm -hmm. um because they're not all going to be on the ballot in every single state are they in the are they are they on the ballot in the states that matter, like Michigan or uh, some of these other states that are are going to be really, really close in battlegrounds. But overall, um, I think the general dynamic is that. Can you guys hear those dogs barking? Is that no? You're good. <laughs> no, that's just my chair. 
<laughs> Hold on one second. Just give me one second. Oh, it's part of the ambiance. Don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, right. I mean, it drives me insane. So <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but um, the um, do you guys watch The Bear? Yeah. Are you big fans? Uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. John, you're not a TV watcher? I was a big fan of the restaurant that it, uh, where it's set. Right. Well, so anyway. Beef stand, right. Yeah. Mr. Mr. Beef. Um, right. So the first season, it's a long story, okay? But the first season they filmed a scene at our neighbor's house. And we've been kind of doing things in our house with this location company for a while. And um, so last year they filmed a scene at our house, if you guys remember. And then they filmed, you know, the fishes episode? Yeah. Was filmed right around the corner from us. Um, And the scene that they filmed at our house was the party scene. Like we were the scene. No way. The kitchen and the fireworks and the guy. Did you get to be an extra? What's that? Were you an extra? You and (laughs) your wife? A cousin or something? No, 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 no. But so, and our next door neighbor in that, the last year, so they filmed at our house, but they used her house for holding. So, you know, Mm -hmm. like. You know, Jeremy Allen White's like sitting in his chair in their kitchen, just kind of hanging out in between scenes and stuff. So anyway, the bear, a decent chunk of it is filmed on our street in Evanston, our house next to our neighbor's house around the street. And so they are now filming uh, episode, I'm sorry, season three, just, yeah, they've been filming for a while, but they've just, they're coming to our house on, um, to film uh, next door neighbors on Wednesday. And so today's like setup day. So there's stuff going on in the place and trucks out front and they're prepping all the houses and the shots and blah, 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 blah. It's a, if you've never been like around a, a movie set or a TV set, I mean, it's a, and the movie sets are even, you know, massive. Um, well, my it's, wife's it's a, a big, big fan. I, yes. Betty's a big fan of that show. She loves it. And uh, I don't watch it. Sorry. But are it's you amazing. in it? Are you in the show? That's what I want to know. <laughs> not not oh. in the show. Only effects similarly. You know, I'm the, I I should have had that written into the contract. That right, I like one family in photo show. in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. There's a little Hitchcockian look at Tom from the That's side. Right. You know, right. getting off a bus or something. Yeah. But it is it is really kind of fun to be because when the show started, it was like you know nobody knew anything about it. It was right. like this little tiny show, and then it's completely blown up and winning all these awards and every you know. So now it's getting a lot of attention. So so it's kind of fun to be part of that. Um, so anyway, that's an aside. Sure. Um, but back to back to the the question at hand, um, <laughs> Jeff. I don't. You know, I think it's the data on this has been pretty clear for some time that mm. that the more people are that are involved in this race, um, particularly when you get to beyond a, a, a three person race, you get to West and Stein. Um, mm. Biden suffers more. He gets more votes drawn. Now, the other thing that that came out of South Carolina, and I saw Ari Fleischer and some other folks mention this, that this the Nikki Haley speech was a was a no label speech, right? They've mm-hmm. Joe Manchin says he's not running, so they're on the lookout for someone else. They definitely have said they're not going to do, they're not going to put up a candidate that hurts Biden, and they're looking for someone who really you know offers an alternative, but is not going to help elect Donald Trump. Well, Nikki Haley. Mm-hmm. might be that person. I mean, she might be uh, the person who getting into that race could be the spoiler for Trump. Um, but we'll have to see if that's, you know, if that's just idle talk or whether that actually, you know, 
comes right. becomes something that might actually be real, and and that can be a real problem for for Trump and Republicans in a general election. She has no chance, and she's hurting herself. I think she's creating herself as some sort of Jonah Goldberg mouthpiece. Like I can imagine, whatever whoever the never Trumpers are now to just speak through her, right? And and the, she stands up and rips him. Listen, she I mean, it's a donation. There's a lot of money in that. Right. You know? <laughs> I mean, there's... there's it's called politics. Yeah, right. right. There is a, a, a great deal of, you know, she could write, you know, books. She could be on MSNBC or oh, CNN. God. You know, she could... There, there are things you think about some of these folks... Um, and I mean, they've they they get run out of the party, obviously, like Lynn Cheney or an Adam Kinzinger, um, but they managed to to get you know donations. Now we'll see how long that lasts, and you know how much use Democrats have for someone like that. Um, only until probably Trump leaves the scene, and then they'll be persona non grata again. But whatever. I mean, in the current environment, Nikki Haley could make. Um, there's there are financial and other incentives there for her to stay in the race. Um, even though, to your point, John, it could really hurt her the longer she stays in with with Republican voters. That's okay. I like. I just like. I like the fact that she's out there. She's. Uh, we. I disagree with her, but she's out there. That's fine. But just don't. Please don't. Just turn down the nattering. That's one thing I wish she could do. If she just turn it down just a bit, I think that's sexist, John. You can't say nattering. That's yeah. that's well, yeah. I didn't say hysterical. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you violated some sort of code. I've been married yeah, right. thirty-seven years for God's sake. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Trump is the king of nattering. I would just oh, say. he is <laughs> the golden. Well, the, the golden, golden shoes. Standard, right. yeah. How about the golden shoes? Yeah, are those real? Because I saw yes. Tom Tom I, I, tweet that out. Are those real? Yeah, I good. think those are really sure. The uh, SNL skit, yeah, I love the that. SNL skit was Based hilarious. His, I thought, yeah, it was good. It was really good. I mean, and you know, we have a couple pieces on the site today about Shane Gillis because he was, you know, speaking of of violating codes, right? right. He was the guy who was hired by SNL a few years ago and promptly fired before he even got on the show because they uncovered people brought up that he had said some on PC things during mm-hmm. his, you know, podcast about, I think it's about like Chinese people used a slur mm-hmm. or whatever. And that was enough for them to chuck him overboard. Right. He and didn't was, say she was net, net, Nikki Haley was nattering. He did not say no, that. No, no, he didn't go that far. Um, <laughs> but anyway, you know, the folks on the left and we've got a piece from Dean Obadiah um, on from CNN on the site saying, Oh, this is, you know, Vox had a piece about this is a, you know, the unwelcome rehabilitation, and this just shows that racism wins and and it sells and all this stuff. Well, um, you you have a, a list of grievances against journalism, then, right? Who me? Yeah. Oh my God! I mean, how much time do we have? I've got to about fifteen minutes or so. So let her rip. <laughs> okay, let's just cut to the chase. Then, what? Tom Bevan constantly bemoans. The the uh, award winning award shows, you know, like the journalism award shows, like uh, Washington Correspondents' Dinner and the Gridiron, which yeah, is yeah, like yeah. the most sickening thing in the world. I never, I'll never forget uh, John Glenn being uh, sung to by 
members of the national of the Washington press corps as he uh, as he took the the Clinton money to shut up about China funding. Mm. <laughs> it was just the best. But now, uh, Tom, you don't you have an award dinner of yourself, a journalism awards? We, we actually, dinner? our foundation is is doing a uh, a gala in right. uh, Palm Beach on the seventh of March, which is also the State of the Union address. Coincidentally, perfect um, timing. And we are. Uh, it's called the Samus Dot Prize from sort of the former, you know, sort of Soviet Union. I mean, this is an award for people who who have have the courage to speak the truth, um, even when that truth is is uncomfortable or taboo or uh, you know against the the favored narratives of the of the elites. And and the award winners are um, Miranda Devine, who from the New York Post, Wonderful. who yeah. um, you know have wrote all about the Hunter Biden story and Hunter Biden laptop and. Even mm-hmm. as as it was getting censored, um, Matt Taibbi, um, who most people know, another wonderful. Well, and he's you know he's a left wing guy who yes. has basically um, stayed pretty uh, consistent in his views, even while the world kind of did a one eighty on him in terms of uh, you know he broke the the was part of the Twitter files mm-hmm. and the censorship complex and all that stuff. And then um, Dr. Jay Bhattacharya, who is the Stanford um, epidemiologist, yeah. who was one of the one of the authors of the Great Barrington Declaration, which early on in COVID basically was like, listen, um, saying you know not to lock people down and and that we need to protect the elderly first and and mm-hmm. um, all these things, and was absolutely. I mean, it, it's actually amazing when you go back this, the signers of that declaration, right? Uh, it was um, the guy from. Uh, it was it of was the a, Barrington Declaration. Uh, the Great Barrington Declaration. Yeah, yeah. it was, right. it was um, three authors, I believe. One from Stanford, one from Harvard, and one from another place. I mean, these these were like the the most well credentialed, respected people in their field, and they were absolutely shredded by uh you know the media and the public health you know led by fauci and all these folks um and i mean that's the thing too uh you know it i think i think jay bhattacharya is in a a different slightly different category because you know on one and and maybe mad a little bit um but it's really courageous when you have a lot to lose to be willing to plant your stake in the ground and say, this is the truth. I, I have to say this because it is the truth. And, you know, someone who's a, who's a, you know, tenured professor at Stanford or part of the, you know, Stanford, um, uh, medical school. Uh, I mean, it was very clear that to say those things would get you in a lot of trouble would destroy your life basically and your, right. your livelihood. And, and so for that reason, I think, um, the folks who did that, and Scott Atlas is another one who could easily be uh, an award winner um, who falls in that category. He went to work for Trump uh, on the COVID task force and just absolutely was destroyed by the media and by his colleagues at Stanford and, and the like. So, um, yeah, it's going to be great. Um, I think those people, we should do more of that. And it's a it's a nice sort of counterbalance to the, um, you know, some of the awards where, 
these these uh, legacy media types get together and pat each other on the back for their Pulitzer Prize winning, you know, stories about Russia collusion. <laughs> <laughs> And COVID, by the way, yeah. that will be that will be in Palm Palm Spring. Where is it? Palm be? Beach. Palm Beach. At the Breakers. Palm oh, Beach. Yeah. yeah. The old yes. Fancy, yeah. Fancy. Yeah. yes. Yeah. So that, you can log on, go get tickets if you happen to be in Palm Beach. Uh, sorry, I'm going to be fishing for steelhead, but I know no. that you're busy. <laughs> sorry, it's but Dr. Listen. Sinetra Gupta from Oxford. Was the other doctor? Uh, you were oh yeah, Dr. Gupta. Yeah. But listen. You, Doing this uh, amazing and very worthy gathering of media eagles, <laughs> you need a comedic. Don't you need a comedy skit? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going. You need a comedian, right, to entertain them. I I suggest that you have for your comedian the political writer for Politico. What's her name, Heidi? Our uh, rights Chris don't come, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, our rights don't come from God. It is it is amazing. Um, some of these folks who, and listen, I get it. I go on TV and I say stupid things from time to time. That you know, but I mean, <laughs> never. Well, I mean, <laughs> we're never perfect. But never say like Nikki Haley nattered or anything like that. Right, no, you're very measured. <laughs> but but it is amazing to watch people these these folks who are well credentialed and considered elites and whatever go on tv right. and just have such a fundamental misunderstanding of of civics and history um religion i mean you name it, it was, i mean that was a, kind of an example of all three wrapped into one yeah. and um in service to these ideological narratives i mean it's just ridiculous and yeah. you know while we're complaining about the media, okay, um, you know, I've been sort of, I have this Twitter thread where I keep posting things because it's very clear now that uh, that the media is going to, um, you know, just absolutely reprise the, the Russia, you know, Trump-Russia thing. And it started, I posted something, what, six days ago, a week ago, if you saw this, Jen Psaki, Mm-hmm. Former White House press secretary, by the way, now an MSNBC host, interviewing Nancy Pelosi, says, we're all wondering, what do you think Putin has on Trump? And Nancy Pelosi says, I don't know what he has on him, but I think it's probably financial. And then, you know. Wait, what happened to the hookers and the uh, golden showers? <laughs> right. Apparently, that's right. the P-tape is not going not gonna <laughs> to be featured this time around. Yeah. But, you know, then you had, uh, like, the same day or the next day, you had a story on CNN. You had Anderson Cooper talking to Dan Goldman, right? Rep. Yeah, Dan yeah, Goldman, yeah. That when I saw that said, tweet, yeah, yeah. It now appears as if House Republican majority is being used by Russia to interfere with the 2024 election. This morning in the Washington Post, uh, you know, Russia looms over yet another Trump presidential campaign. Ashley Parker, Washington Post, NBC News. And this is one we put on our site uh, this morning, along with Miranda Devine's piece and also Victor Davis Hanson. Um, you know, Russia's 2024 election interference has already begun. And it, so it's just, it's, it's absolutely clear that um, it's going to be worse this time around, this whole, the way the media is going to handle this campaign and, you know, Trump. And by the way, I mean, God forbid there's another pandemic. I mean, does mm-hmm. anybody think that the media is going to handle that any differently than the way they handled it before? There will be the, you know, the, the shaming and the, Whatever the approved narrative is, they is, will send they will send drones up th- 
on the high rises, outside the high rises, telling people to calmly sit calmly in their rooms and not, and not I mean, leave. It is, it is right? a, just it, like Ch- communist China. Yeah, it is a real problem that our our media seems to be broken in such a fundamental way. Um, it's and it's not. It's a. It's not good, and it hasn't been good for the country for a number of years. But even worse, there's no sign. There's no. There's no accountability. There's no introspection. There's no recognition that we got things wrong and we should be doing things differently. It's all just gonna, you know, it's it's all the same, and it's yeah. gonna, in some ways it may be even worse. And that is a real problem. And we're we're seeing it collapse too. I mean, you see sites like Vice, and you've seen you know uh, other groups that are laying off and shuttering offices and, and shutting down their, their, you know, brick and mortar positions. And because of that, cause the, the evaporated out from under them when everyone realized they were full of it and no one was really at the helm. And I think we're going to see more of it. I mean, obviously it started with newspapers, you know, a couple of years ago when we saw people losing interest there, but Tom, you know, don't even I, bring it up. I know. That with with the the Biden thing, I mean, what was it by? Wasn't there a stupid interview something you posted about how they were celebrating uh, Hunter Biden's sobriety as being like this, you know, that the helpful step for the for his father's campaign, and that's what he's doing to be part of it. I mean, it's a weird cheerleading. I don't understand where it comes from. Well, I mean, this is from Alex Thompson, who's who's a writer for Axios, and he's like, he was posting this morning. This is Monday, mm-hmm. um, the twenty sixth, that he he did an interview with Hunter Hunter Bryden about his yeah. sobriety, and Hunter said, you know, it's uh, he's concerned about it's the ultimate test for him as a recovering addict because. Um, you know, he's ha- now there's something much bigger than even himself at stake where this is the fight for democracy. And if he, <laughs> if he's not able to stay clean and sober, he's somehow going to contribute to that. And my response is, and this is a perfect example of, of the media sort of Feelings. doing misdirection and completely like nobody, nobody has ever cared about Hunter Biden's sobriety. That's right. not what this has ever been about ever. Right. In fact, most people are sympathetic to Hunter mm-hmm. Biden and know people who have, who have addictions and have struggled with them, yada, yada, yada. Right. This is about Hunter Biden, right? Running sort of spearheading an influence campaign, influence peddling campaign with government, foreign governments mm-hmm. and, and foreign entities. And the question of whether his father participated in and or benefited financially from those, uh, from that scheme. And I mean, and everyone's, Oh, where's the proof? I mean, other than the, you know, we know he's, we know there were phone calls. We know he stopped by a a couple of dinners. We have testimony Mm -hmm. from Tony Bobulinski that he was definitely involved. Um, And, you know, we, we also know, I think most importantly, maybe not most importantly, but certainly with, with absolute clarity now that he lied to the American people during the 2020 election, he said that, he never talked business with his son. His son never made money from China. That was a lie. Was um, and he said that on the debate stage. So, so this is, again, it's not about Hunter Biden's right. sobriety. And that's something that, you know, the media has kind of focused on. Oh, he's just a loving dad and Republicans are weaponizing his addiction against him. No, not really. Um, if the media would be honest about this. And by the way, I say this all the time. I sound like a broken record. And I've said it to you guys before, but I'm going to say it again because this is, you know, my thing is all I 
ask of the media is fairness. Okay. If, if you're going to treat someone who's a Democrat one way, then you need to treat Republicans the same way. Mm-hmm. If what a Democrat does is a five alarm fire, then what a Republican does should be a five alarm fire and vice versa. Okay. Conversely, if you know, what Donald Trump does is destroying democracy. Um, anything that a Democrat does that's roughly the same should be treated roughly the same, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean like selling like selling us out to China and taking bribes from China might be selling? I know, be- and I know it gets old, but if you just if you take the same set of facts, yeah. the same set of facts that exists yeah. with Joe Biden and Hunter Biden and Jim Biden and his grandkids, who all and you and you put. Donald Trump and Don Trump Jr. and Eric and Ivanka and all that, um, you substituted their names. Democrats would be going crazy, okay? And the media would be right there with them. There would be a feeding frenzy like we've never seen. And, you know, I mean, can you just imagine the White House press briefings poor, you know, Sean Spicer Mm -hmm. or Sarah Sanders standing up there and the media, Jim Acosta and those folks, like, just screaming at them to answer these questions? Watch a White House press briefing now. It never comes, hardly ever, barely comes up. And they're just simply not interested. They're not interested at all. In fact, not only are they not interested, they write story after story about how, oh, there's there's no proof. And, you know, we have all these, these yeah. uh, Matt Visor in the Washington Post wrote a story the other day saying, which just absolutely blew my mind, the you know, detailing that um, most of the statements that have the that the House Oversight Committee have gathered have been um, exculpatory and exonerate the Bidens, and you know they list three or four of these, which you know clearly are Biden, like Biden allies, who are just going in there and you know dismissing stuff. And say, I never, I don't remember him ever being involved in any business whatsoever. Um, you know, Tony yeah. Bobulinski has said that's just absolute crock. Um, so it's. Uh, it's a game that's being played and it's it's all I want is for the media to treat people fairly. And apparently that's just too much to ask. Well, you have a daily podcast now you can maybe discuss no, it. No, on your day, well, right. We, we do have a daily podcast, okay, but then. more importantly, um, mm-hmm. we are doing a daily radio show starting today, tonight Ooh, yeah. on Sirius XM POTUS channel one, two, four. If you guys have anybody who's listening, has Sirius and you're in your car at that time, uh, please dial in. It's going to be um, Carl Cannon and myself and Andy Walworth. So if you if you have listened to the RCP Takeaway, yes. um, which is our podcast that we've been doing for a while, Andy's the host. And so what we're doing, instead of doing that, which we did, basically did every Friday, mm-hmm. one time a week, we're now doing it five times a week, but we're doing it on Sirius XM. And then after the show airs, Again, it's 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, uh, Monday through Friday. About an hour after that show airs, it's going to be repackaged as a podcast on you know Spotify and Apple and all those things. So if you're used to getting the RCP takeaway, you'll still be able to get it, but you'll get it four times more per week um, if you don't want to listen to it on Sirius. But very exciting starting tonight. And um, yeah, we're going to have a good show. I mean, it's like there's tons to talk about. Never, yeah. never a shortage. So um well, yeah, it's going to be good. Say hello to Carl Forrest. and will do. Uh, so one suggestion for you, maybe yeah. you come up with an award like the Useful Idiot Award. Okay. On the Real Clear Politics to just, you know, reinforce the uh, the foundation's prize. And um, 
Well, maybe we'll we'll have you on to give the the uh, golden mutza. The mutza is that's a that's a great compliment. <laughs> By the way, thank you for posting uh, my latest column on Real Clear. I see it's. I I don't know why I want to mention this, but it's the most read on Real Clear. So thank you for <laughs> for seeing the truth. Of the, the, the truth of it. Most and I know you, have to you, you're, yeah. you are correct. It is right there. I hadn't there noticed that. Go. Good for you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Thanks. buddy. Thanks, right. Sam. Good we'll luck. Stay ahead of the band for us. <laughs> Bye-bye. For Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of Real Clear Politics. And for Jeff Carlin of WGN Radio, future physics teacher, pie maker, par excellence, and friend to cats. And for me, John Cass of johncassnews.com, where you always get a good cup of Midwestern common sense. Thanks for joining us on the Chicago Way on WGN+.